Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Hour three of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show starts right now. Buck, that's me. Sorry, that's third person. Speaking to you solo today because Clay is on vacation. He'll be back with us all hanging out on Monday. I'll be with him next week in Nashville, Tennessee. So if you happen to see a guy on an electric scooter with an almost unfathomable swoop of hair uh, blowing in the wind on his e-scooter uh, in Nashville, that will be me. So please say hi. Um, it would be great to catch up with some of my favorite Nashvillians. I think that's how we say it, right? Uh, so we'll be there next week. All right, I have a few things to tell you about this hour. One is we have Heather McDonald joining us in uh, at the bottom of the hour coming up to talk about the real violence stats in this country and the violence stats as it, resu- as it relates to um, race and and the different uh, stories that have come up recently, uh, including the uh, young man who was shot uh, at the door uh, in, I believe it was Oklahoma, right? And also then the woman who was shot and killed in upstate New York. We'll be talking to Heather about that uh, coming up here in just a little bit. But I I have to tell you, I think that I can see where this is going. And I'm talking about Pence, Donald Trump's former vice president, who was just yesterday testifying, according to uh, this Maggie Haberman piece in the New York Times, Maggie Haberman, who Trump sat down with for many, many interviews. I think Trump actually said at one point she was like his therapist. Um, I would recommend, by the way, whoever the Republican nominee and then president is the next time around, not Give a lot of access to the New York Times. I think that people are learning that no matter, it doesn't matter how adept you are at handling the media. It doesn't matter whether you are skilled at evading their ambushes or not. They will just edit and cut and paste and attack. So what's really the point? Anyway, uh, we have Maggie Haberman here reporting on this one that Pence, Mike Pence, appeared in D.C., in the federal district court in D.C. 
in response to a subpoena and spent five hours, five hours behind closed doors testifying about January 6th and the 2020 election. Now, here is what we know is underway already. You have the Bragg prosecution in New York, which I really think was meant to just be an incremental step toward much more serious uh, misuse of the legal system against Donald Trump down the line. That that was the break the ice prosecution. I think there's more coming now. I've talked to you even this week about the district attorney, uh, or it might be state's attorney. It's tough to remember in all these different places. But prosecutor Willis in the uh, state of Georgia and Atlanta and the likely decision there for whether or not there are charges relating to election and even racketeering, racketeer influence, corrupt organization charges that would be brought against Donald Trump for what they claim were efforts to interfere in the Georgia election ballot counting of 2020. But what is this D.C. D.C. federal court bringing Mike Pence in all about, right? Why are they going through this five hours of testimony? Trump and Pence both fought against this, uh, claimed the uh, speech or debate clause of the Constitution should prevent this. But courts, not a shock to any of you, did not agree with their position on this. And what you see here is now you have partisan judges and partisan uh, prosecutorial systems in, I mean, D.C. is among the most one-sided uh, political atmospheres you'll find anywhere in the country where there's any major concentration of people, right? D.C. is over 90% Democrat. Even It's even more Democrat than New York. I think San Francisco is still a little ahead of D.C. Not Things aren't going so great out in San Francisco, but that's a conversation for another time. Uh, this is what what's happening. They're having Pence test. They had Pence testify for five hours behind closed doors. Why? Let's get to the why. They're going to bring federal charges against Donald Trump. I, I think that's almost I wouldn't say a certainty now, but it's a probability. A probability. It is probable they're going to bring a federal charge against Donald Trump. They're going to keep in mind now bring federal felonies against Donald Trump in an election cycle where he is also probable to be the Republican nominee. Based on all the polling and and everything else going on right now, that is a likely scenario. This is, I mean, the the people that have been lecturing you for years saying that Donald Trump was a, a existential threat to and by, when I say to our democracy, I just want to, we've got a couple of emails about this last week. Put that in quotes. That's what they say. I know this is a republic, but they are, oh, I'm using their rhetoric, right? They will say, oh, the threats to our democracy. They usually say it just like that, the same register too. Threats to our democracy. Um, but that, that is something that you're now seeing play out where they are the ones who are going to completely subvert, subvert the political system right so they were saying oh we have to protect our institutions those institutions are only validated by the elections that put people in place to oversee those institutions right 
I mean, what what is the purpose of all of these different uh, systems that we have? I mean, what is the purpose of prosecutors, offices, of the FBI, the DOJ, if they're just going to use that system to stop a political candidate from being able to even run? And And this is where... I mean, maybe I'm out on my own on this one. I think we'll probably uh, reach out to Andy McCarthy. Maybe next week would be a good call. I think on this one because I don't want to get. A, I don't like to get ahead of things. As you know, I'm not a. I'm not a catastrophist, right? I don't say, "Oh my gosh, all these terrible things are going to happen," and they don't happen. Uh, I try to prepare for what I think is coming and prepare all of you by sharing that analysis and assessment. But I, I, I'm not. Oh, you know, it's it's easy to get. Uh, it's easy to get people's attention by saying. All these horrible things are going to happen. And then they don't happen. And then no one cares because, well, the horrible stuff didn't happen, but they were paying attention to you. That's, that's a game that's played by a lot of people in media. You know, I haven't been screaming about, oh, the deep state's going to do this, then that, and that, and no. and then it doesn't happen. I think this is coming. I think that you're going to see a, a multi pronged prosecution of Donald Trump because think about it. Uh, even if they can't win legally, this is now their version of it's the pandemic year, Biden in the basement, the BLM race riots are going on, like change around the system to favor the Democrat uh, to change the the battlefield of our politics so that it favors the Democrat. Could be wrong. I always say no one can predict the future. Fine. But I can see this one pretty clear. Why, why do you think they're having Mike Pence testify for five hours behind closed doors? Let's let's reverse engineer this for a second, right? This is this is how it seemed that it was so clear that Bragg, Alvin Bragg, the district attorney of New York of Manhattan, uh, was going to bring charges against Trump. What is if you are the federal uh, if you are the federal prosecutors from the DOJ running this grand jury in D.C. looking at bringing a charge against Donald Trump? What is the downside in their minds to them personally and professionally of bringing an indictment? Do you have, is there anything that comes to mind? Cause for them, yeah, uh, of course we can sit here and say it is going to be, it is going to tear at the fabric of this country. I mean, it's going to be a, a hugely destabilizing. I used to use that word a lot, you know, back in the CIA days. When a country, when things would get, you know, really ugly and bad stuff, was, we'd say, oh, this place is getting destabilized. Bringing a federal prosecution against Donald Trump that would threaten to put him in prison, by the way, uh, that would be, I think, best described as a destabilizing event for this country. Right? It would be something that would kick at the load-bearing walls of our American society. And I think they're planning on doing it. I really do. I, I think this is where it has to. They were so ready for this. They were so ready for this uh, during the, the Mueller probe. But then they realized, ah, it's a little more complicated because, first of all, the Russia collusion thing was such a fabrication that they couldn't find any substance to it whatsoever because it was all a lie. But then even on the obstruction, well, you know, he is the president. So... Can you really even do this constitutionally? They, that's a problem for them, right? They couldn't fully weaponize the system against Trump while he was president. But do any of you think for one second that they don't plan on doing so now that he's just a former pre former president has no special uh, privileges when it comes to prosecution?
and even current political candidate, you know, you would think that they might defer to it as a political question. Like, we shouldn't just take this guy off the chessboard uh, because it looks like the worst kind of, oh, that's right, election interference. Remember we were hearing so much about ele- the Russians and the election and Trump and all this stuff? And then, of course, even in 2020, they're saying, oh, look at all these things that he did. So now they're going to interfere in the 2024 election in in the most blatant possible way. And I don't see how it doesn't it doesn't go in this direction. Um, there's the only reason, the only reason that I can think of where the uh, whether it's the case in Georgia, which would be a state level prosecution. And notice they're also layering this up, federal, state, local. I mean, they're coming at civil. They're coming at Trump from all angles. This guy's in his late 70s, and suddenly he's got more court actions against him, ranging from, you know, the, the, the most absurd to the most serious. I mean, they may bring a, you know, incitement to insurrection charge against Donald Trump. They may do that. I hope they don't because of what it means for the country, but they're that just crazy they're they're zealots at that level where they may decide they're going to go for it all and the only thing that we could count on to stop this process i think it's not the facts of the case it's not the letter of the law or the rule of law or anything like that it's do the people with the power inside of whatever the prosecutorial apparatuses we're talking about you know in in georgia and the federal courts in dc and the district and and the uh, department of justice do they feel just a little voice in the back of their minds that says this is too damaging and too destructive for the country and even as i say that out loud i think some of you are probably laughing right that's it, though, folks. That's the only. What else is going to stop them? All the incentives. They'll be heroes to their side. They will get massive book and speaking and TV deals. There will be history books that cite them as de- defending us. Remember, they said Trump was like Mussolini. Trump was like Hitler. Trump was like, well, the left likes Stalin in this country, so they don't usually throw the Stalin thing around. But this is this is what's happened. So I know it's a little early and it may not happen until next year and perhaps we'll revisit this and I hope I am wrong on this one. But I would present it to you now and say, does it sound like I'm wrong? And what are we going to do? What will we do if they, well, all you can do is fight back and win. You know, the market has been brutal. Everyone's talking about inflation. It's everywhere. You know, Clay and I recently met with Dutch Mendenhall. Dutch is the founder of Rad Diversified. He's a patriot. Loves our military and gives a lot back to our veterans. Dutch and his team are experts at buying cash flowing real estate. They've brought major stability to thousands of investors in the most volatile of times. For a minimum of a thousand dollars, you can access Rad Diversified's lucrative real estate portfolio. Dutch takes pride in ensuring all of their investors leave a legacy for future generations. Visit raddiversified.com. Connect with one of their team members to learn more. With Rad Diversified, you can reap all of the benefits of being a real estate investor without any of the heavy lifting, starting at only $1,000. We strongly recommend having a diversified investment portfolio, and Rad Diversified can help. 
All investments involve risk. Consult a financial advisor and read the prospectus before investing. Learn more at RAD, R-A-D, raddiversified.com. They're here to shed light on the truth every day. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we know that uh, Riley Gaines has been out there talking about how women's sports should... This is a crazy idea. I know. It's crazy. Women's sports should be for women. Um, if you missed, by the way, I had a, a long-form uh, interview with Riley on the Clay and Buck podcast. Please go subscribe. Uh, subscribe to the Clay Travis Buck Sexton Show podcast. Uh, or Buck Sexton Show podcast, both of them. It, it, it's in both of those feeds. Uh, go check it out. And uh, we've got a YouTube as well of that interview, uh, youtube.com slash uh, Clay and Buck. So anyway, um, we know that that's going on. We know that she's making the case for everybody that, you know, women's. But, you know, what's interesting is that Leah Thomas, who is a man, uh, is out there. This was remarkable. Slamming female critics as fake feminists play nine you can't really have that that sort of half support where you're like oh i respect her as a woman here but not here they're using the guise uh, of feminism to sort of push transphobic uh, beliefs and i think a lot of people in that camp sort of carry an implicit bias against trans people but don't want to i guess fully manifest or, or speak that out Trans, uh, well, what is it? It's a trans exclusionary radical feminist. That's the term. A turf, they call them. A turf, which is a woman who is very interested and in an activist for women's rights, who has this crazy idea that women's rights should also be for women. 
This is not a this is not a simplification of the argument. This is a statement of the facts of the argument. So this six foot four man who was uh, the freestyle NCAA women's swimming champion last year is out there now criticizing women who think that women's rights are about get ready for it women and the Democrat corporate media goes along with all of this. They're they're all about this. Look, I I, I got to say, conservative media outlets need to stop writing about Leah Thomas and other trans activists as she. That is factually incorrect. Even the New York Times, even the New York Times has had internal discussions about whether they're willing to use they because they is plural. So calling someone a they is inherently confusing. Even the Times at some level, as much as they're a bunch of lunatic commies, recognizes these language games are getting out of hand. But, you know, I get very frustrated when I see this in name a lot of conservative outlets, not all of them, but a lot of them, or, you know, right-leaning news, right-leaning newspapers, they'll refer to a man as a she because the man demands it. No. This was the beginning of the madness. No. We live in reality. We start there. You know, inflation has affected nearly everything. Nearly everything you buy or pay for is costing us more. But one company hasn't raised their prices, and that's Pure Talk. Their cell phone service monthly price is just $30. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of high-speed data for just 30 bucks a month. Pure Talk provides an honest-to-goodness American value, and that's harder and harder to find. When you switch your cell phone service from AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile to Pure Talk, you're going to save about 50 or 60 bucks a month, and you're supporting a company creating American jobs, and that is all based on their customer service team here in their in the U.S., Pure Talk supports our military and our veterans as well. They share your values. You're going to save money. You're going to support a company, you know, in this era of Bud Light, this really matters. Support a company that supports your values. So take action today. Save yourself money. Get better customer service with Pure Talk. Dial pound 250 from your cell phone. Say Clay and Buck. Again, from your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Clay and Buck. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Clay and Buck Show. As promised, we have our friend Heather McDonald with us now. She's a Manhattan Institute senior fellow, has a new book out, When Race Trumps Merit, How the Pursuit of Equity Sacrifices Excellence, Destroys Beauty, and Threatens Lives. But I actually want to start, Heather, with your new piece before we get to the book, On Race and Crime, A Counterfactual Narrative. This is up at uh, City Journal. And your subheading is that the notion that blacks are an elevated risk for existing while black is true, but not because whites are killing them. Tell us, tell us about what the numbers tell you here. Well, uh, in Kansas City, where the alleged uh, knocking on the door while black uh, shooting, tragic shooting, but thankfully not fatal, occurred, uh, that that produced this massive outpouring of racial bathos with. Biden, uh, the ubiquitous Benjamin Crump, race activists all saying that this is typical, this is how uh, blacks lose their lives, you can't even exist while black in the United States or knock on the door while, while black in the United States without getting your head shot at. Uh, and every, the media went completely along with this narrative. It's a very familiar narrative. They just basically have to go into default mode. We are living a complete lie, Buck. It is not the case. Uh, in Kansas City, 
blacks are 26, a little over 26% of the population. They commit 72% of all homicides. Blacks are nine times more likely to commit homicide than whites. Uh, it is whites, if you're, if you're involved in interracial violence in Kansas City, the, the pattern is going to be black on white, and that is true nationally as well, Buck. If you look at all interracial violence between blacks and whites and whites and blacks, non-lethal interracial violence, because this is self-reported, so you can't report after you've been killed, but when you, when you poll hundreds of thousands of Americans, as the Bureau of Justice Statistics does, about what their experiences were with violent crime in the previous year, you learn that 87% of all interracial violence between blacks and whites is committed by blacks on whites. So I give a whole list of things that are hazardous if you're white. You know, driving a car while white, cycling while white, trying to stop shoplifting while white, uh, riding the subway while white, riding a city bus while, while white, all of these things, walking in downtown Minneapolis while white, all of these activities have resulted in some of the most brutal, sickening attacks that are black on white. But, of course, the media rule buck is, here's what it is. The only time race will pass the lips of the mainstream media and even the conservative outlooks in a crime situation is if the victim is black and crucial additional uh, criterion, the assailant is white. So every other possible combination, white on white, black on black, black on white, the race will be assiduously kept off stage. And so the public is left with this phony impression that the only type of interracial crime out there is white on black. Heather, you know, that same weekend uh, when there was the shooting, uh, which was non-fatal and he has no lasting, um, you know, wound or disability from it that, that is uh, that is severe for Ralph Yarl, there was a woman uh, who was shot in upstate New York fatally uh, for pulling into the driveway uh, of, of the wrong house, essentially. And so Kaylin Gillis lost her life in very similar circumstances but the Biden White House didn't reach out to Kaylin Gillis's family to, uh, you know, to try to comfort them after their 20 year old daughter, who was white, was killed under very similar, relatively similar circumstances to what we've heard about the Yarl case. Why is that? Why did the Biden White House invite Ralph Yarl to the White House as soon as he recovered? Um, but the fatal shooting in upstate New York gets very little media attention and certainly no White House attention. Because it doesn't fit the narrative. You know, I am sick of racial etiquette at this point, Buck. I, I understand its necessity, but I'm going to be very honest. We're involved in a lie today that, is invol- that involves white culling. White lives are not considered as valuable as black lives. You get whites being fired from positions, vaccines being distributed on the basis of, of race, uh, Biden is utterly wedded to his phony narrative of, of ubiquitous white supremacy. He is 
every executive branch and most preposterously the executive science branches are distributing science funding on the basis of race, not merit. They are violating meritocratic standards. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, most people go along with this. I mean, I am just stunned at the fact that we all live in this fiction that, for instance, these elderly Asians who have been absolutely brutalized for the last couple of years, that they're being brutalized by whites. We see the videos. They're being pummeled, knocked down, dangled upside down by blacks. And yet we all go along with this fiction because whites are so terrified of looking head-on at the inner-city pathological culture that gives rise to these crime disparities. And, and the mainstream establishment would rather blame itself for phantom racism than talk seriously about what is really going on in this country. Have we started to see Heather? I'm speaking to Heather McDonald of the Manhattan Institute, and she's got a new book out, When Race Trumps Merit. But Heather, have we started to see... I remember in New York City, there was a period back in the 90s when I was a kid when Rudy Giuliani was was starting to get, did get real support from uh, black leaders in the city and particularly black church leaders, uh, preachers, uh, uh, people along along those lines for doing what was necessary to bring public safety up to where it needed to be because that actually saves black lives. Have we started to see similar uh movements like that in in any of the democrat cities because in new york for example i i have not seen that uh and i pay pretty close attention there is that happening anywhere no i you know usually when you ask a question you presume an answer and i would presume that your answer you think is yes but it takes it turns out you don't look at what just happened in chicago uh you had a runoff between two fairly liberal left-wing democrats paul vallis on the one hand and brandon johnson on the other and the one who won was the most radical anti-police basher who, after the recent, you know, annual marauding down the magnificent mile in Chicago, the election got closer, but, but it's very clear, uh, he does not support a proactive law enforcement yeah. response. I mean, Heather, I, I just, you know, I, I asked, I asked you this because I, I, cause I haven't seen it in New York. I haven't seen it anywhere else. It is almost hard to fathom given the levels of violence increase in these cities that this hasn't been occurring the way that it has in previous times in our, you know, recent history of this country. And I, I, I kind of wonder why is, I mean, it seems to me like the narrative has gone to a new level because it goes in reverse now, like defund police and all the things that, that have been done in recent years have resulted in more violence more crime, everything has gotten worse, and you go to Chicago is the, is the perfect case in point. They're saying, oh, yeah, let's double down on this. Yeah, so, so the, the districts that voted the most, you know, highest numbers for Brandon Johnson, the lefty, were black. So I've made a point, Buck, in my writing on police to give voice to those good law-abiding precious people in black communities that beg for more police protection. Those are the people the New York Times won't listen to. On the other hand, Buck, I have to admit that there is still a significant portion of black voters who would rather vote on ideological grounds, oppositional culture of hatred of the police, and simply put up 
with this level of violence. Now, again, there are people that are out there organizing on weekends, trying to rally the community, trying to motivate parents to take control of their feral youth, their children. But the numbers are troubling and and fairly inexplicable. And it is, as you say, we have reached a new level of racial division, of racial victimology, of strength through victimhood. The race hustle uh, at this point is, is, again, my mouth hangs open. We believe this narrative that that we take them at face value that black lives matter. You know, there were there's children in Kansas City that have been killed. One year old Tyron Patton in 2020 killed when his, the car he was riding in was riddled with bullets. Same year, four year old Legend Telefero was shot while sleeping in his father's apartment. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking murders, and not a single Black Lives activist uh, shows up to protest them because they're all black on black. Yeah, it's it's been really troubling to see. Also, you know, in the same weekend, for example, the Ralph Yarl shooting happened. There was a mass shooting at a Sweet Sixteen in Alabama, killed four people. It got about a tenth, maybe, of the media coverage of the completely non-fatal, thankfully, shooting of of Ralph Yarl. So, well, again, it's all explained by the grid. The grid is the only crime that the media will talk about. Is the rare instance where a police officer. Uh, harms a black person or a white person harms a black person. Every other configuration is of no interest whatsoever uh, because we turn our eyes away from the the insane drive by shooting. Every single day, Buck, dozens of blacks are killed. Dozens. That's more. Blacks are 13 percent of the population. That's more than all white and Hispanic homicide victims combined on a daily basis. After the the, the media, the, the Journal of American Medicine put out a study uh, that said, well, after the, the first 18 months of the pandemic, well, translate that as after the George Floyd race riots, uh, looked at four cities, and the rate at which black juveniles were killed in gun homicide was now a 100 times the rate at which white juveniles are killed in gun homicide. Why? They're being killed by other blacks. And that is why we're never, ever going to talk about that. Yeah, the, well, the Democrat Party and the Biden White House all the way on down has no interest in looking at the facts about violence in this country and what's really going on. Uh, check out Heather's book, everybody, When Race Trumps Merit, How the Pursuit of Equity Sacrifices Excellence, Destroys Beauty and Threatens Lives. Heather, always appreciate you. Thanks so much for being with us. I always love talking to you, Buck. Thank you. My friends, if you're a gun owner, you know how important it is to keep your skills at their best. Getting to the range with any kind of regularity can be, you know, tough. It uh, takes time, takes effort, but training at home with a dry fire practice method, that's a lot easier, right? Also a lot cheaper. There's a new training system you should check out. I've got mine here at home, the Mantis X. Mantis X is a firearms training system that is a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. You order it online for near-immediate delivery. Once you have it, it attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. Connects to your smartphone and the Mantis X app. You can use it at home between range visits to keep your skills sharp. The Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique, gives you drills and courses to practice with, and as a result, nearly everyone, 94%, sees improvement in their game within uh, 20 minutes' time. And that's just getting started with it. The Mantis X is a must-have for every gun owner. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com.
Want more Clay and Buck that you didn't hear on the show? Get podcast extras in the Clay and Buck podcast feed. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, we're going to be closing up shop here on the uh, Clay and Buck show before we send you off for the weekend. Uh, but it's also then a great time to tell you that you got to subscribe to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show podcast, because even if you're listening on one of our uh, phenomenal 500 or so affiliates across the country, uh, there's stuff that goes into the podcast feed that are uh, it's just additional content that we're doing these days. We want you to have the ability to listen to. We're doing deep dive podcasts. Uh, Tudor Dixon is in the feed with her show. Uh, there's the Clay and Buck Sunday Hang. So go subscribe. You got lots of good stuff to listen to there. And uh, and tell somebody, if you would, about it. Um, I think that would be a good way to go. You know, it's it's funny. Last night I was um, I was out to dinner with a couple of friends here uh, in in uh, Miami. And we started talking about how, because, you know, we're heading off into the weekends. Started talking about how, it is. It feels more and more like it is so difficult to avoid eating stuff that is not good. Like the deeper you get into what what's fun to eat, especially on the weekends, uh, you find yourself thinking, "Oh my gosh, 
if I if I just let it rip, man, like what am I really? You got to avoid seed oils. You got to you know, for a lot of people now, they say obviously avoid gluten. You got to avoid dairy. You got to avoid all this stuff. So I don't know. Maybe we could all sort of declare the uh, weekends to be something of a uh, a food a food free for all. You know, you want to try to keep it healthy Monday through Friday, um, but it's tough. You know, Carrie got a. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys the truth here because this is gonna be this is gonna be tough. Carrie got an ice cream maker. Now that's one of those things that you know. She said she said should I get you an ice cream maker? And I've I told her yeah sure. Sure, get the ice get the ice cream maker. Um, because I'm gonna we're gonna make sorbet, you know? We're gonna be healthy. We're gonna have sorbet. Uh we've had a lot of delicious sorbet, I will say. But now I'm starting to be like, hey, have you seen this recipe for like cookie dough ice cream? Or hey, have you seen so it's it's I feel like the struggle is very real out there. Food is more delicious. And more omnipresent than ever. And on the weekends, it's just so easy to be like, you know what? You know, treat yourself, right? Treat yourself. Um, but anyway, that was a, a conversation with a couple of friends last night as we sat there. It was funny, too, because then as they as we were about to order food in this restaurant, we're all looking at each other. I ended up getting, you know, like uh, sashimi and then like a piece of fish and calling it a day. Uh, wasn't going to eat anything really, really beyond that. But this is one of the challenges that I see for for many of us, is that we want food. It's a little bit like social media, right? Social media is super useful, and I mean, I can, I can blast through. If if you get, I'm not advising anyone to get on a TikTok, but if you get on, let's just say Instagram stories, you can blow so much time on an airplane or waiting for a plane on social media. But then you realize you can also do that at home when you should be, you know, taking out the trash or mowing the lawn or doing something else, uh, you know, reading a book. So it's just like that for me, the uh, the deliciousness of our cuisine. I'm going to be making uh, some roast chicken this weekend. And it's, you know, I sit there and I say to myself, of course, I know I could just have some chicken breast and it'd be super healthy. But I kind of want to have roast chicken with some skin. Maybe I want to take some compound butter and put it under the chicken skin and make it really a moist and delicious roast chicken. Maybe I want to do a little bit of a pan sauce, you know you just start going down this pathway, and I guess there's the alternative here, just saying, you know what? YOLO, right? <laughs> you live once. Eat the most delicious stuff you can. Obviously, I'm hungry at this point in the show, too, because I uh, wasn't able to uh, scarf down some stuff. But anyway, uh, look, thanks so much for rolling here with uh, Clay and with me. Uh, Clay will be back on Monday. We're going to be coming to you from Nashville next week. Uh, we are looking forward to chatting with you, of course, and uh, talk to you then. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.